From the Florida Bar Studios in Tallahassee, this is Florida Bar News Briefs. I'm your host, Mark Killian. The Florida Bar Foundation took in $45.5 million in interest on trust accounts collections during fiscal year 22-23. Ruan Batar has more. Buoyed by higher interest rates, that's $36 million more than the $9.5 million the IOTA program generated last year. The $45.5 million will be used to fund civil legal aid organizations and improvements in the administration of justice projects. In 2021, the Florida Supreme Court imposed overhead limits and disbursement time deadlines for IOTA funds received and distributed by the foundation, saying they should be used primarily for providing or enhancing direct legal services to low-income residents. The foundation will distribute the grant money by the end of the year. In May, a new bar rule approved by the Supreme Court also kicked in, requiring lawyers keep their trust accounts in institutions that tie interest rates for IOTA accounts to specific indexed rate points. The Florida Bankers Association, however, has raised concerns about the new rule, saying it's too costly for its members. The Board of Governors at its recent meeting in Sarasota voted to negotiate with the Bankers Association about potential revisions to the rule. But with the rule generating millions more in revenue for legal aid organization after years of near zero interest rates on trust accounts, board members cautioned the bankers to temper their expectations. At 5%, board member Joshua Chilson says the amount of money the banks are still able to make on IOTA deposits is, quote, more than fair and equitable. Bank of Tampa President Corey Neal told the board that banks are facing a 2,000% increase in interest paid on IOTA accounts since the new rule went into effect and hinted that banks' voluntary participation in the IOTA program may suffer. In other foundation news, the Kids Deserve Justice Specialty License Plate, created to help fund legal services to low-income children, has been discontinued due to low sales. Jim Ash reports that on average, the plate provided the foundation about $36,000 annually. Yeah, Florida law dictates that in order to keep a specialty tag in circulation, it must maintain a 3,000 registrations for 12 consecutive months. The approximately 1,400 Kids Deserve Justice plates didn't meet the threshold. The plate constantly hovered near the bottom 10% of specialty license plate sales in the state. The plate was created in 2004 under the leadership of then-Florida Bar President Kelly Overstreet Johnson to provide more funding for children's legal services. Since then, it raised almost $700,000 for the foundation to give grants to programs that protect abused and neglected children, children in foster care, and children who need special education services or access to health care. Florida license plates must be replaced every 10 years. You may continue to use your kid's deserve justice plate until it's time to be replaced. While the plate may be gone, the need still exists to directly donate to support the foundation's work in funding children's legal services in Florida visit the foundation website at thefloridabarfoundation.org. The Florida Courts e-filing authority hit the peak of summer doldrums during the month of July. Our Patrick Farguson tells us while the downturn is typical for summer months, portal submission data is still on the rise. Mark, the authority released its July report and the total number of documents filed stood at 2.71 million and 1.86 million submissions. Those numbers dipped nearly 8% from June and nearly 15% lower than the record high in March. July's data represents the peak of the summer swoon, which can be attributed to several factors, 
including attorney time spent away from the office on vacation and getting kids ready for back to school. Despite the expected downturn in activity, portal submission volume is on the rise in 2023, and the data is showing impressive numbers. Last month's data outpaced July of 2022 by nearly 12%. The Jacksonville University College of Law opened classes on the school's second year last week. Patrick spoke with Dean Nick Allard, who says all 14 members of the first class have returned and are being joined by 26 students in the second class. Mark Allard said JU Law, which opened as Florida's 12th law school and first in more than 20 years, is experiencing steady and prudent growth. Allard said the judges and practicing lawyers in Northeast Florida have been incredibly supportive. He emphasized the biggest challenge in the area is the demand for entry-level quality qualified lawyers exceeds the supply. To that end, all 14 students in last year's first-year class remained in Jacksonville for their summer internships. Four of those students received judicial internships with the Fourth Circuit. The school is working towards provisional accreditation by the ABA and has a site visit scheduled for October. Allard said, quote, we submitted our materials, which I believe are compelling. Additionally, the school is working to finalize a new permanent downtown location as it will outgrow its current location in the Star Tower once the third class arrives next August. Allard didn't want to spill the beans on the school's new location, but stressed the permanent location will remain in downtown Jacksonville. Quote, we're committed to being downtown in the heart of the city, Allard said. Our partnership with the Northeast Florida Bench and Bar works in part because of our proximity to the Duval County Courthouse. In October, the Mental Health and Wellness of Florida Lawyers Committee announced the expansion of member services with a new benefit, BetterHelp. Patrick says a new program is beginning to gain momentum. Mark, BetterHelp matches bar members with a licensed therapist based on their own preferences and need through text, phone calls, or video chats. The immediacy of BetterHelp makes it much easier for members to receive an appointment in lieu of a local therapist. Legal Fuel Practice Management Advisor Jamie Moore, the staff contact for the committee, said 32% of the new cases came via the direct access portal link. Moore said, quote, if the utilization continues at this rate, we should double the usage from last year. Chair Richard Rivera said he's, quote, incredibly proud of the committee's work in both establishing this incredible and needed member benefit and for finding new ways to get the word out to the membership. The criminal law section hosted its Gerald Bennett Prosecutor Public Defender Trial Training Program in Gainesville in July in conjunction with the University of Florida College of Law. Roan? The state of Florida provides legislative funding for the annual program, which has taken place since 1979. Prosecutors, judges, public defenders, and private criminal defense attorneys serve as faculty members. This year, 73 young attorneys from public defender and state attorney offices across the state participated. The attorneys practice giving opening, cross-direct, and closing statements and then watch their performances with experienced faculty members in one-on-one video review sessions. The program also includes segments on case analysis, preparation for jury selection, voir dire, professionalism and ethics, and forensic witnesses. Criminal Law Section Chair Joe Spataro says the curriculum is designed to give attorneys a safe space to try new things, find out who they want to be in the courtroom, and learn from some of Florida's top criminal law attorneys and judges. Spataro says networking is also a key part of the program and is equally as important as classroom work. Four barristers and a King's Counsel from the Southeastern Circuit in England participated in the program, a traditional highlight of the event. For more on these and other stories of interest to the legal profession, visit floridabar.org slash news. Florida Bar News Briefs is a production of the Bar's Journal and News Department. For Patrick Farguson, Roanne Batar, Jim Ash, and our producer Clay Shaw behind the glass, I'm Mark Killian. (laughs) 